Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Edgework on the Hammer Betting Network, a daily live NHL show Monday through Friday at 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. You can find us on the Edgework YouTube channel. And if you want to follow our socials, you want to see the picks that we make, you can find us on Twitter at Edgework Show. And then all the picks that get made Monday through Friday by everyone on the show, you can track them all on the BetStamp app in the marketplace under Edgework. Joined today by Alex Moretto, So Money, and Matt Russell. Guys, how's it going today? Good, good. Doing well. Outstanding. Alex, thanks for joining us this week, buddy. Oh, sorry I missed it last week, but uh, I see we're matching today. That's I didn't right. know. That was purely coincidental, but you, you know. Got to respect the brand. <laughs> yeah. Help me out here, Alex. So last week you miss, and there's no replacement. But Todd's away today. And we get the illustrious So Money Sports. Alex, are you concerned at all that the you know director of content over at the Hammer doesn't <laughs> think that much of you and would rather just have an empty fourth box I think than the find a replacement for you? Like, the, director really of, worrisome. the director of content doesn't think that much of himself, apparently. <laughs> because uh, I had full confidence in uh, you guys shouldering the load last week. Whereas for myself, I was like, I, I can't, I can't pick up the slack. We did have our week. best I mean, week as far as picks are concerned. So you're, you're welcome to leave at any time. I, um, I, uh, cannot confirm or deny that I was at the Leafs game that night as well. And, um, may have wow. been, uh, celebrating some, uh, some big Vegas goals and some big Vegas win and a nice Vegas bet. So, hmm. Yeah, that might have been the one I got wrong. That Good day night. all around. <laughs> That's gutless because you you missed this show and then you went to the Leafs game with the sole purpose of being the villain in the arena that night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There were uh, there were definitely some uh, chirps thrown my way for uh, some excessive celebrations, but you know, live and learn. Are you sure those were chirps for celebrations or coughing? Because you know, <laughs> if, you, if you these days, right, you're not allowed to. Do that. Yeah, yeah, no comment. So uh, <laughs> let's let's move on to the games here. <laughs> All right. Well, before we get into any of the games from uh, for tonight, actually, there is a market that is starting to heat up and it is generating a ton of buzz. Typically, the barometer for how a team season is going to go comes around American Thanksgiving, and coaches getting fired, teams determining, hey, this just isn't our season. That is the point where they decide what direction they're going to be headed in. And last night, the Ottawa Senators lose to the New York Islanders 4-2. to two. Now, it's not necessarily that surprising. Over the course of an 82-game season, there's tons of variance. Teams win games, lose games that they shouldn't. It happens all the time. But with this Ottawa team, where they're at right now, it's been kind of disappointing for them through the beginning of the season, to say the least. You go and you acquire Claude Giroux, Alex Dabrinkit, make some changes in your team, getting Cam Talbot. You think you're going to be heading in a different direction. And I mean, they're sitting there thinking, hey, this is a positive that we've just gotten rid of Matt Murray, even though a couple of years prior to that, they had went out and signed him like he was the big prize possession. Not going to say where he ended up going from Ottawa, but uh, different different discussion there. But with this Sens team right now, the disappointment that they've had, 
people are getting a little bit restless in Ottawa. Is it time to maybe start thinking that DJ Smith could be on the chopping block here in Ottawa there, Alex? Yeah, um, I think he definitely could be on the chopping block. Dorian did come out and say, like, I think it was like a week and a half ago that the DJ Smith would be safe, but obviously th- things can change in a hurry. That's the that sentence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, things can change in a hurry. Um, doesn't take more than a couple losses to uh, to erase that. But I think that honestly, I think that Smith's in sort of a similar situation to Boudreaux in that I think the blame shouldn't necessarily be placed on him. I think maybe there's like the team just wasn't as good as people made them out to be coming into the season. Obviously, okay, you're losing a lot of games now. Like they're better than this too. So he's not getting that much out of them. But like they had the goaltending injuries early on. Um, Obviously, the Norris injury hurts, even though I'm not super high on Norris as a player. Like he's still, you know, he's a tough guy to replace internally. Um, But the defense is just not good. Like, I don't think that that should fall on Smith. Smith got a decent track record. I think the lease should be a little bit longer here. Um, I think what this will ultimately come down to is, okay, well, if they can't turn it around quickly and they, you know, they lose like three of the next four, four of the next five, like he's probably gone. But realistically, I think that this comes down to whether or not they want to compete this season still. And if they still are like putting an emphasis on making the playoffs this year, then his leash is, is borderline gone. Whereas if they're like, all right, we're going to play this a bit more long-term, like we're not just building for this season. Um, then I think that they should be keeping him around because I do think he's a good coach. Yeah, and they have dealt with some of the goalie issues too. Like Cam Talbot was injured right away to start the season, which is a little bit of a setback. But yeah, I think you're definitely right that uh, this team probably just wasn't as good as they were made out to be, where it, maybe it was a case of a little bit of being overhyped coming out the gates and then now where they are right now it's like wow this is way underperforming where in reality they were probably somewhere in between and could find that uh could find that level you did mention bruce boudreau there and the fact that he is also on the uh on the hot seat in vancouver i'm gonna let so money talk about this one because that is his guy those are that's his team out in vancouver but it's kind of a hard spot for bruce boudreau right now is it not like where a lot of times, and especially I feel like in the NHL, more than anything, it's like that GM has to have their guy as the coach. And it's abundantly clear Bruce Boudreaux is not Jim Rutherford's guy. How quickly does this uh, does this get yanked out from underneath Bruce Boudreaux and uh, he stops his time in Vancouver comes to an end? So I think that uh, Boudreaux being let go right now is um, is actually pretty 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 imminent at this point. Um, Alex mentioned that uh, Dorian gave um, DJ Smith a vote of confidence. Um, it's the opposite out here um, where, yeah. where uh, management is uh, kind of going after Boudreau right, right, right through the media, which is, I've got a whole thing to say about that, but it's just completely unnecessary. Right. So the, the, the concerning thing here is that um, the things that have plagued Boudreau in the past and um it's, it's the same things that are starting to come up again. So what I mean by that is a lack of player accountability, country club atmosphere in the clubhouse or in the, in the, in the locker room, um, lack of defensive structure, unable to keep leads uh, because he doesn't have that, ha- have that structure, um, unable to close out tight games. So, so these are all things we've heard throughout Boudreaux's career. Um, and it's the same things again. So, and and the other thing too is that um, what what because it's being played out in public, um, they're kind of pigeonholing themselves here in the sense that 
how long are, are you going to keep him around now? Because you've 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 already um, gone after him here, um, and I think that I do think if the Canucks lose tonight, um, you never want to fire a coach on the road. You don't want to leave him out there. Um, we're not we're not Vegas here, <laughs> but, um, but I, I I do think if the Canucks lose this game, um, his his firing is going to be very very probable. I would say. Matt, uh, I'm curious your thoughts. We were looking at the coach, the first to get fired coaching market earlier. Uh, there was a name on there that I was a little bit surprised about, but he's the guy who's actually in the lead right now. He's the favorite to be fired first. That's Craig Berube in St. Louis. And now transparency on it the reason i was surprised is because i kind of felt like st louis at this point is just in a position where it's like hey the season is over uh we're not going to be able to change this at all why would you switch him out where he's a guy that these guys have been able to get behind traditionally i kind of feel like maybe this team's just not that good and then you've got jordan bennington in that who's not being that great you lost philly who so maybe it's time to just leave craig berube leave him alone give these young guys an opportunity to maybe turn it around, move on from some of these pieces at the deadline on expiring contracts, Ryan O'Reilly, maybe Tarasenko, things like that. Does it surprise you at all that Barube's the the odds on favorite to be fired first right now? Not really, because he was the first one that came to mind when I was kind of, we were preparing for this and it was like, okay, well, who's the quote unquote best team that's disappointed that had a ready-made core because, you know, it's funny how we mentioned these three different teams and they're all very different situations, right? Like the Ottawa situation is like, we can't just sweep under the rug that Cam Talbot hasn't played yet. And this whole, you know, we're bringing in all these new guys and like all this stuff. It's like, by the way, like the Senators actually played pretty well outside of the crease, even when they were quote unquote terrible. They just didn't have a goaltender, Matt Murray. And now all of a sudden, like they get a goaltender. It's like, okay, here we go. But like he didn't actually, he's actually like barely played and it's like, okay, well, now we're going to fire the coach because of what reason, right? Like, we didn't get that. Obviously, Vancouver's got their own situation with more politics than anything else. St. Louis here, honestly, think the best reason to bet on Boudreaux, beyond, obviously, the political issues, is that Barube might have saved his job last night with that win against Colorado. Because that's obviously the team that they were in a heated series with last year. And, you know, it's sort of a double-edged sword. It's like, on the one hand these guys get up for a game against that team for kind of obvious reasons. But on the other hand, the problem is they need that level of sort of revenge and sort of passion or whatever to get up and play a good hockey game, which is kind of de- of a detriment to Barube as well, where it's like, yeah, okay, you can get them up for the game that of course you can get them up for against the team that knocked them out of the playoffs. But like, we're going to need you to get them up for the Philadelphia Flyers and the Columbus Blue Jackets. Like, that's what we're sitting around waiting for. And yeah, largely that core has returned in the same way. But the reason the Blues and the Canucks are sort of similar here is I don't know where we, you know, where the sort of jumping off point was where we just decided that like it's all about the coach when honestly half of these guys on this list, I don't even know who these guys are. Like I couldn't (laughs) pick them out of a lineup. And the reason for that is they don't matter. It's why we talk about coaching changes in early November, because by and large, unless there's a complete disaster happening within the locker room, they don't really matter. They're interchangeable more than any other sport. And so, you know, I look at them and I go, when did we decide that like the players were just unaccountable for anything and that these 
like actual core veteran teams in Vancouver and St. Louis just don't know how to play defense. Like they need a coach to like guide them around. Like we're playing NHL. Like what are we doing? So I look at the Canucks, St. Louis Blues are obviously the same thing, but like Pat Quinn would be rolling over in his grave. Bob McCammond might be rolling over in his grave at this point. Like, at some point, the GM maybe do your job and get out and make a trade. Like when? Do, like when is that ever happening? Like Florida didn't love the th- way things were going. They go and they make a big time trade. Yeah, it was in the off season. I don't know who the you know trade partner is necessarily going to be, but you look up and down this roster, and there's a lot of pieces that you could deal. I mean, God forbid Elias Pettersson goes on the trade block. Like I know leading scorer, like un oh untouchable, but like it's not working. It wasn't working with Travis Green. It's not working with Bruce Boudreau. It might not work with whomever they get to come in and replace Boudreau. Now, fortunately, there's a couple of decent candidates where it's not that type of deal. Again, this is why NHL coaches are so replaceable. There's just good guys lying around, right? We saw in the NFL Jeff Saturday's getting a head coaching job because there's literally nobody else lying around right in the nhl it's like oh yeah like hall of fame level head coach he's just sitting over there at his cottage right now that's totally fine how about the gm get in there and start making some moves and making some changes because honestly like yes the point totals and all of that stuff are great but like what are we you know i'm, I'm using Pedersen as obviously the sort of scapegoat and all of this but like 80 games and 10 power play goals last year like that's what we're lo- losing out on a like plus or minus one on at even strength over the course of a season. Like that's what you're missing out on. Like let's get out there and actually do your job because other than that, like that's how look at the Canucks. Like that's how any good team that they've had in the last 30 years was built. Right. They, you go out and you'd find Marcus Naslin. You'd go out and you'd steal Todd Bertuzzi. You'd go out and you'd get Brendan Morrison, Roberto Luongo. You'd make draft day trades. Like the GMs actually used to do something. And now it's just scapegoating the head coach. Right. It's like, again, another football reference here. It's like sending out the field goal kicker to make the 55 yarder. And if he misses, it's his fault when it's your dumb decision for doing it on fourth and one. So, like, I realized I got off on a bit of a rant that <laughs> situation, but like, honestly, Brube being the favorite made sense to me at the time. Honestly, if I'm the ownership, I look at that and I go, well, they beat Colorado. That's like the Stanley cup champs and all that sort of thing. Probably bought him a lot of time, which doesn't seem like Boudreaux had. And they beat Vegas the other night too. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Also the, uh, the uh, Mr. Quinn reference there just, uh, it just made my morning. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just it's so hard for GMs to make trades like big. You can't make big trades during the season anymore. It's too tough with the salary cap and everything. Like you, those are the types of trades that you have to make outside of outside of the you know in the off season. And realistically, like when you have all this unrest amongst the fans and things aren't going well, like naturally it's just, it's going to fall on the coach because and it doesn't mean it should, like you said. But like, yeah. what else can you change mid season that could potentially have that sort of impact, right? Yeah, and 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 also with with Boudreaux, like he 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 wasn't their guy, right? Like we saw yeah. we, we saw this coming up last year as well with when the when the new regime took took over, they started talking about the Canucks breakout, right? Like what 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 kind of management team needs to be talking about that, right? So right. it was yeah. all like the groundwork was being laid starting last year, and now because the team is struggling, it's all kind of coming up to the surface now. And I think the other thing with Boudreaux that that separates him from these guys is that yeah, he just doesn't have the track record there, right? Like he's not he's not their guy, like you said, but he just doesn't have that yeah. that track record. Whereas like you look at some of the other guys on the list or some of the other guys that are potentially on the hot seat, like 
Um, like Mike Sullivan obviously has an incredible track record in Pittsburgh. Like you're not going to get rid of him. John Hines was just signed to an extension. He's done a really good job there. These lulls aren't, you know, unfamiliar to them. Um, you know, TJ Smith's been there, obviously Barube, the same thing. So I think that, you know, Boudreau and, and even Larson to that extent in Columbus, they're, those are guys that don't have the same track record with those organizations. And I think it's a lot easier to pull the trigger getting rid of guys like that. All right, just a reminder, if you're watching on Twitter right now, you can click the link in the tweet, head over to the YouTube, click subscribe. You'll get notified every single morning, Monday through Friday, 10.30 a.m. Eastern time, every single time that we go live. But guys, enough talking about coaches that are going to be fired or could be fired here. Let's get to two coaches that are most definitely not going to be fired with the New Jersey Devils and the Montreal Canadiens. Montreal absolutely adores Marty St. Louis and the Prudential Center was going nuts the last few games chanting sorry Lindy after the <laughs> uh, after the New Jersey Devils have been on this nine game win streak 12-3-0 and first in the Metro. I mean, I did not see that coming at all. I figured the Devils Devils would be a team that would take a step, but if you're going to tell me that that's where they'd be at this point in the season, I would have told you you were an idiot at, probably at that point. Uh, looking at this matchup here tonight, it looks like we're going to have Jake Allen going in against Vitek Vanacek. That's the last I had seen about it. Vanacek right now 6-1-0 on the season, a 2-3-3 GAA and a 9-0-9 save percentage. Alex, Right now, they just got the Habs just got back Anders, Josh Anderson in the last game. They're getting back Slavkovsky here tonight. This team's on a three-game win streak. Does getting Slavkovsky add a little bit of extra energy to a lineup that already was jumping prior to this prior to this game, or is this just going to be a case where hey, the Devils are too good of a team right now? We don't know if the Habs are going to be able to take them down. Yeah, I don't know if Slavkovsky is going to move the needle much, as much as I'd love to uh, sit here and praise our first overall pick. Um, I think that, you know, he, that's just a, more of a footnote than anything here. But I think that this is such a tough game to bet on because obviously, like, the Devils are rolling. And I think it's going to be uh, Schmidt or Schmid in net for the Devils, um, not Vanacek. So that's another interesting uh, point side to this. Whereas, and then, like, it's hard to back Montreal, even though you're getting these big prices with them. I think that. I would need a little bit more on the abs just because their range of outcomes is so big on a night to night basis. Like they're capable of putting in, like we saw the other night, these performances where they're controlling like 63, 65% of the expected goals against Pittsburgh. They're dominating that game. And then they're capable of coming out and sort of just like being hemmed back, hemmed back, hemmed back, getting a few chances. And, you know, like their shooting percentage has been high. So they've been able to stay in games where they're getting outplayed by capitalizing on those chances. Is that sustainable? I'm not sure, but kind of a tough team to back right now but like in the right spots like you're you know they're capable of winning on any given night and at these big prices like it is it is attractive to look at them for sure yeah i i didn't see i didn't see the uh update on the goalie there but uh yeah that's fair enough so that's gonna be uh that'll be interesting um going on to another game here uh so money dallas tampa uh looks Last I had seen, could be wrong here about the goaltenders again. Maybe I got to update my source on the goalies and where I'm finding that info. But looks like it was going to be Vasilevsky and Ottinger uh, in net in this matchup. Dallas right now has been a team that has kind of been performing above where I thought they would be. I thought they would be likely kicking around playoffs or in play playoffs coming into this season but on the back of Jake Ottinger in net for them. That's a guy who could just absolutely steal games all season long. 
But in this matchup, are we looking at potentially like a playoff style game here between Dallas and Tampa where it's going to be a heavy game between two heavy teams and a matchup of two incredible goaltenders? I don't think so. I think that um, um, I'm. Uh, we know Ottinger um, is is going to be a net. I'm projecting Vasilevsky, but I'm doing that with very low confidence. I think that this might be a spot that they get um, that they get Elliot in there. Actually, um, even with uh, projection of Vasilevsky, I we we did play Dallas this morning, so I am I, I am on the Stars money line. We're seeing um, down to the down to mid mid plus 130s, I would still do it there. Um, what I see in this game is that uh, we're seeing a Dallas team playing very high high event games. And I think that um, that's that's the norm for them going forward now with their new with with their new coach and their new um, and, and the new style of play. I think what they've what they made a decision in that organization is that we're going to open up our forwards. We're going to try to actually score uh, because we have outstanding goaltending so um, we can we can afford to do that now. Um, Tampa Bay, um, they're actually very, very leaky on the back end in 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 a lot of their games. They do end up playing a lot of a lot of high event games, um, and I think that that's that that just comes down to their their cup champs. They're um, they're they will turn it on when they feel like it defensively. Um, I'm not too I'm not too worried about that. Um, I'm not too worried about their defense from that standpoint. Um, so I do think that this is probably going to be a more open game than than what we've become accustomed to with these teams. Um, and I do think that um, Dallas has the edge. Um, and if it is Elliott, I think that we'll get uh, we'll 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 get that bonus there in the line. Yeah, fair enough. I think there's a massive difference between Brian Elliott and uh, Vasilevsky, but uh, we'll wait and see for that in the, for that news there. Uh, one we do know, at least one of the goaltenders that'll be going here tonight is going to be Matt Murray in his uh, so-called revenge game against the Pittsburgh Penguins. He's returning from injury after missing about a month. He was the big offseason acquisition for the Leafs that had a ton of question marks on it, and he's going up against his old team in the Pittsburgh Penguins. I joked to Alex beforehand. I said that uh, Murray left his glove hand in Pittsburgh and everyone on Pittsburgh knows it, but it'll be an interesting one because they're going to have his uh, his game plan or they're going to know exactly what he plays like going into this game here. But that being said, Pittsburgh is uh, finishing off a road trip here where they did go to Washington, Toronto, Montreal, and now back to Toronto all on the road. In this matchup, I don't really know what to make of it. I obviously watch a lot of the Leafs games, it's one team that I just am afraid to touch with a 10-foot pole whenever I'm going to be betting on any any of the NHL games. But Matt, if you're looking at these games, you're looking at a situation where Pittsburgh is a team that maybe they're not going to be the best team, but they are hungry. They are trying to win games. They do want to win games. You know, the saying of like, you got to want it more than the other team. Pittsburgh does seem to want it more. And when they beat the Leafs on Friday night, they looked like they wanted it more than the Leafs. How do you kind of evaluate this game here tonight where you're going to have a team who's going to be tired coming in off of this road trip, finishing this one out versus a team that's been sitting at home, struggled to beat the Vancouver Canucks on Saturday night in an important Hall of Fame game and now has a goaltender who's going in here who's been missing for a month and is facing his old team? This game's in Pittsburgh, correct? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, this is a this is a Pittsburgh home game. Um, just to clarify that. Um 
I, I listen. I am fade Matt Murray. <laughs> I am the that that is my platform that I'm run, running for uh, office on is just fade Matt Murray in in any opportunity. Um, let's keep that a secret because hopefully people can kind of pile in here on Toronto. I'm waiting to get kind of plus anything with Pittsburgh. Uh, it has been two weeks, which is the moratorium on getting over the Penguins three goal uh, lead that they blew two weeks ago. And Alex and I were last on this show together. So uh, yeah. emotionally it takes about 12 to 13 days. Uh, it's the same thing as uh, you know a groin strain, which I think are actually comparable in this case considering it felt like we got kicked there um yeah listen you know the return home like honestly that first game back from a long road trip right it's kind of acts as a road game in a lot of ways so like not an ideal spot necessarily for pittsburgh you know you get the uh, you know if you wanted to start writing up narratives right revenge game for toronto all of that sort of thing but i think actual on the ice type stuff here i think you're bang on with the matt murray element right like that's to me that's always an advantage for the shooter versus the goaltender having to sort of remember all 20 guys that he used to play with. Now, obviously, not all 20 were necessarily on the team when he was. So, yeah, I'm just sitting here waiting. Hope we get the usual, like, Toronto steam and, you know, Matt Murray's back and you don't have to worry about the goaltending. Well, I'm here to tell you, you still got to worry about the goaltending, even though Matt Murray's back. So we're going to wait on this. We're going to get anything plus uh, that we can here. Uh, one note, as uh, so many was talking about there, literally just watching Dallas take money as he was talking there, that thing's down to plus plus one twenty, minus one thirty on Tampa Bay. Um, it couldn't need to go a little bit further for me to be interested in Tampa Bay. And I also would need Vasilevsky. I don't know if that's more a, um, so money is just, you know, moving lines here just by telling everybody, or there's, you know, some more pending news here with the goaltending, but I think that's Elliot's confirmed now. Okay. There you go. So that's uh, exactly what you want. So, um, See, if you maybe watch this show, if you watch this show, you're getting in at plus one thirty, plus one thirty-five instead of you know being late to the news. <laughs> that's that's right. So yeah, I think that's uh, far more interesting than anything I'm going to say about how much I dislike Matt Murray. I think um, <laughs> one note on the uh, on, on on the Pittsburgh Toronto game that I got in my notes here is that for the third straight year now, um, Casey DeSmith and Tristan Jari they've changed roles again. Yeah. Right. So um, DeSmith is the better option there. So. Um, I I completely agree on the um, on the on on the Murray analysis there, and I also think that um, with his with his layoff, um, you I I tend to shy away from betting on goalies that have been off for this long. You just they're they're volatile at, as it is, and now you're adding a extra element of being off on on top of that as well. So um, it looks like they are going to go with Jari also, um, but but there is some sort of. Uh, um, ambiguity there so um, I think that um, if we do see DeSmith um, I'm more inclined towards leading Pittsburgh um, or just passing on the game but if it is Jari he's um, he's he's a strong fade for me right now all right let's get to our best bets before we wrap this one up uh, so we can go kind of an open discussion round table here as we go through them but so money I'm going to start with you uh, I know that there was a game that you were looking at in the uh, in what we thought going into the season might be the sweepstakes of uh, of looking for Connor Bedard, but uh, one of these teams is overperforming a little bit right now, and that will be the Flyers and the Jackets. It's it's funny because uh, last week I was on the show. Uh, Columbus played played Philadelphia, and we um, and, and and we bet on Columbus, and I was saying that. 
Philadelphia is this and that. They're not going to do anything. We're just waiting for them to like, um, to like come down to earth and stuff. And here we are. Um, we did play Philadelphia today. Not only did we play the Flyers, we bet them as a road favorite as well. Um, I think what has changed is that even though Columbus won last week, um, that was a very lucky win. I think that um, the Flyers really, really clamped down on the game on that game defensively and. Um, and the score was not indicative of how that game played out. So um, you have that. Um, plus, you add the fact that Columbus is now without Wierenski. Um, Line is out. So, so, so they're missing quite a bit of um, like like the core of that team there. And Flyers. Um, Carter Hart. Um, I mean, he's still trending up for me, even even with his strong with his strong numbers. I'm not I'm not projecting a dip on him quite yet. Um, so. Either goalie for for Columbus um, is is a disadvantage for them right now against against Carter Hart. I'm hoping Merzlikens get the start, which is going to give some extra extra value because I'm neutral on um, on a Corpusalo. But um, I do like the Flyers. I've got them up to uh, minus one fifteen right now, and you can still get them. Um, I think minus minus one tens right up to minus one fifteen is still available. All right, so we will track that on the Edgework account on the BetStamp uh, Bet Stamp app, or you can find us in the marketplace underneath uh, as Edgework. So make sure to go over there, follow the account, so you get notified every single time we make picks. Alex, best bet for tonight? So anyone who knows me knows how much I struggle to say nice things about the Leafs. And um, so Money and Matt have just made some very good points about Matt Murray and it is tough to back Matt Murray after a long layoff, after oh, any layoff, God. after no layoff. You know, I mean, it's tough to back Matt Murray in general, but I think these are two teams trending in very different directions right now. Pittsburgh is really struggling to generate offense all of a sudden over the last, like, over the last uh, five games. They're generating just 2.36 expected goals for per 60 at five on five. They're, they're not getting much going. I know the Leafs have some defensive injuries, but like, realistically tj brody has been kind of on the decline for a while he hasn't been playing that great i don't think that's a huge loss um and you know comparatively you look at the leafs who the results maybe haven't been coming as much but they've been dominating over the last like eight or nine games um they're almost you know up to 60 percent expected goal share at five on five you know the results haven't fully followed but i think you know all signs are pointing towards tristan jari starting tonight i really hope he does start here because I haven't actually bet the Leafs myself yet, but I'm waiting for that to bet it because like over his last handful of games, I think it was like six or seven games, he's at like minus 10 goals saved above expected. He's just really struggling right now. Uh, and, you know, I think that Matt Murray is obviously doesn't inspire much confidence, but that would be considerably offset by Jari. And I think the Leafs will just generate more. They'll allow less. And I think that getting them at basically a pick them here is too good of a price to pass up. Hey, and you're Sorry, talking about looks the like that. Um... Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead, it looks somebody. like that. I, I, Smith is going to start today. Okay, so uh, you know you might have to circle back to me for a real best bet then, because I'm not going to be betting that if Smith is in there. <laughs> Fair enough, but you are talking about the defense there in Toronto. Brody out. Jake Muzzin announced yesterday he's going to be out indefinitely, but mm-hmm. not really have to worry about it considering we got the second coming of Bobby Orr and uh, Jamie oh. Ben there. He's going to score sixty oh. goals this season. So I'll see you guys later. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Matt, best bet for tonight? Uh, give me the Predators. Predators at home here. Uh, I got this. At, there was a plus in front of it. Now there's some short minuses. I still think it's 
Uh, there's still a little bit of value here. Let me just quickly double check. Yeah, I mean, honestly, we're kind of right at the brink here. If you can find, there's like a minus 103 um, out there. Uh, Predators for me, they obviously beat the Rangers over the weekend there at home. Um, honestly, just purely a numbers play. We've obviously talked a lot of hockey stuff with regards to these other games. Um, but the Wild, um, you know, they have been largely a fade for me at this uh, early on in the season to varying degrees of success. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Predators, having come off of a road trip, you know, I was impressed with their victory over the Rangers. Like, this is a spot where they start to get a little bit hotter in their season. Yeah, I spoke about the Wild a couple of weeks ago when I was last on, and that was what I actually had written down as my pivot in case there was uh, Jari news during the show, which I didn't see because I guess I was talking at the time. Um, so, yeah, I will consensus that Nashville will be my best bet as well tonight. All right, there you go. You can track all of the picks that are made on the Edgework Show Monday through Friday, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time on the BetStamp app in the Marketplace under Edgework. You can follow us on Twitter at Edgework Show. And starting next week, we will be on YouTube only. So make sure to go now and subscribe to the Edgework YouTube channel. Turn on notifications so you get notified every single time we go live every weekday, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Today, joined by Alex Moretto, So Money, and Matt Russell. Thanks, guys, for the picks. Thanks for the insight. Good luck, everyone, on your bets tonight. Make sure to subscribe to the Edgework YouTube channel, and we will see you guys next Tuesday. Thanks, guys.